there's so much there's so much in the scriptures as we get into uh, the idea that we've been going through Galatians this summer. Again, the key theme is freedom, but the idea of freedom as a word uh, may not mean much to most people because. As Americans, we really have this as our core value. We think we understand what it means to be free, and yet a lot of the things that Paul says in the book of Galatians has to do with these people who, who are not free, but they think they are if they do this law. But the idea of the freedom for us, uh, there's a lot of words that you can use for freedom. And one of the things that I've given... So some of you, and you haven't got your little card yet, I'll give this card. These are new, and there's no bubble gum with it, but it's about uh, how to communicate the meaning and the value of the Bible as to people who don't know that. And then on the opposite side, there's a little illustration. That, but we're always trying to help you understand how to communicate what you understand about what God has done in your heart. And so... A lot of words will come to my mind, and the word shift, uh, the word change, the word letting go, the word discipleship, the word movement, the fact that there's something happening in you, that there's a growth, there's an experience, that for the Christian, it is not a passive head knowledge. It's an active relationship whereby Christ speaks to you, and you learn to love. That following Christ is not just a, an optional choice of, on, a, on a list, what religion are you? It's not that at all. And as we get into it, there's uh, seven words that I mentioned last week that I want you to memorize. They're easy. Remember what the seven words were? You can have new life in Christ. Repeat after me. You can have new life in Christ. And what Galatians is talking about is he's talking about that new life, but it's the life to those who did not have that new life, and yet they were in bondage. And that bondage for them, being, being Gentile, having been told, you have to do it this way, those rules and those rituals and those traditions, that culture, sometimes the expectations of a culture that or an institution, you have to do this way. And so the outside defines who you are on the inside. And that's just the opposite, just the opposite of the gospel. Because Christ doesn't want you to be defined from the outside in, but from the inside out, and that you have this relationship with Christ. But a lot of people don't because they have more of a bondage. They're caught by several things. And that bondage that influence over our lives, you have to think through your identity, your relationship, what you understand, and how you relate to people. And what Galatians is introducing to us is what Paul wanted them to know is what the Spirit wants you to know, is that new life in Christ is radically different because it comes from heaven himself. Imagine if you were to die and go to heaven for 10,000 years. And then you came back to Testament Baptist or back to Newcastle or wherever you're from. And that the way you live your life as though you've been in heaven all that time is exactly the way God wants you to understand this introduction into the freedom. We're just beginning this work as Christ has worked inside or outside of, outside of us on the cross. 
Now the Spirit of God begins, begins to apply that on the inside of our hearts. And therefore, we mentioned last week that the philosophers have always tried to understand and interpret the world, but the point is to change it. And the change is difficult. Real change is difficult. And Paul would say, yeah, that's right. It is difficult. Jesus says it's like pulling the log out of your eye. It's easier to look at other people than to look at yourself. But the idea is to focus in on who you are and let God do the personal work inside you. I mentioned last week, too, by way of review, that Robert Coleman's book, The Master Plan of Evangelism, would say that the church proclaims the message is that we can change the world through changed men, through changed women, to be reflective and to think about things, uh, to be mental, to be educated, just produces education, educated philosophers. But it is only the regenerate man, the man who's been born again, the man who holds the clue to what a whole new humanity is. Now, this word I just said, for a lot of people in the world, is foolish and nonsense because they won't understand. As Paul said, it will be considered as foolishness to them. But for us, it's the wisdom and the power of God. And therefore, therefore, as Peter would say, as newborn babes, you want to desire the sincere milk of the word. And that's what you want to be. It's like... A child who's hungry, a baby, how does a baby eat? A hungry baby, how does it eat? No, not slow. But they really want, give me that food. Give me that food. I want that food. So they're aggressive looking after their own interests. But they're, they're looking, they want to grow in salvation. But they get into the Bible. And they understand the Bible. Like, like their favorite old sweater or pair of jeans. But once you get into that Bible, you understand over a period of time that the Spirit of God is out to shift, change, educate, transform, whatever word you understand, so that your life comes together and is not falling apart. And that quote that Bibles that are falling apart are generally owned by Christians who aren't. Well, we learned last, last week again that the distortion that these Galatians uh, were believing because of the influence uh, put of others, the Judaizers, put them in a dilemma. And that dilemma would be corrected by right teaching of the doctrine that Paul was bringing them about new life in Christ. And that do- right doctrine would bring about a deliverance. And so in the book of Galatians, you follow, you follow this movement from the liars to the law, to the liberty, to the love. And all the way through that, you find people growing, maturing in their understanding. It's not about religion. So for those of you who are looking for another word study, here's one for you. The word religion. You know what the word religion means? Well, re, you know, and ion, you know, ending, prefix, suffix, but the religion means born, uh, religion means re again, reform, refrigerate, keep it, you got to keep it going. And then I am 
is action or a condition, as in union, the condition of being one, as in creation, the state of creating a movement, or motion, it's, move, it's, movement, it's a state of movement. But the word religion, what's lig? What's that lig mean? Re means again, I am the state of, but what's lig mean? Anybody know what that means? Well, here's what it means. It's a fun word for me. It means to tie. It means to tie like your shoelaces. And so if you're going to bring your shoelaces together, not just to focus on the shoelaces, it's bringing these two sides of the shoe together so that you're tying them and binding them so that they're in close proximity. It's the idea that as you move into a relationship, that God is going to do something to bring us together. Religion, though, is man's attempt to tie himself back to God. Christianity is God himself tying himself to man. And therefore, to bring together, to join together, to tie together, it's the same word that the root is the word for intelligence, or the word ligament, or the word obligation. The connect ideas, to connect the tissues, bone and marrow and joint and muscle, to connect to one purpose. And by extension, you have this word allegiance, loyalty. Legion, the army that's brought together, or a league. But the idea is that you have this shift in terms of your identity, your community, your understanding, because there's one that's tying us together. The word relation, what's the word relation mean? R-E, again, I-O-N, T-I-O-N. Uh, so what does la mean? <laughs> what is the word, the root of, I never heard that, never thought about that before. But it's the same thing. <clears throat> if you go into this dictionary online for the etymology, the, the where word started, it started back in the 1500s and 20s. And it's from an old French word, means to refer or to report. But it has to do with, the root is latus, means to be born or to carry. To be born or to carry. And bringing back into some relationship that something is carrying you, something has caused you to be born again, in reference to or respect to something has happened to you that you have a relationship <clears throat> and so it's where we get the word relay, where you carry something over to somebody else and you pass it on. The idea of relay, relationship, also leads to this idea of rely. That if you're depending upon somebody and you have a connection to someone, that they're there to help you, carry you, move you, join with you, it's all of this idea that Paul is saying that you guys don't have that. You're moving away from relationship. You're moving into a wrong relationship with these Judaizers. And the understanding behind it all, Paul is trying to correct. And when he's trying to correct it, he's saying that the doctrine that you understand from these liars and being influencing you the wrong way, away from the relationship with Christ, but to say that there's teaching, 
the doctrine, the understanding that comes from above, that wisdom that comes from above, that teaching is going to help you get into understanding how to correct your thinking and then move into the training to the right way of thinking. And so as you look at this, we talked earlier about God working. God working to do the teaching, God working to do the correcting, God working to do the healing, God working to do all those things that we don't know how to do. And this is brought up so well in the Psalms, in Psalm 18. Listen to this. And notice this part about what God does. It is God who arms me with strength. This companion, this one that you rely on. He keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like a feet of a deer. And he causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield. And your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great, and you provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. You see, all that God is doing, all that God never sleeps or slumbers, he's always doing this for any and all who call upon him and thinking about him working, strengthening you, making you secure, giving you the freedom to run, protecting you. Paul goes on, he says, And notice this. This is the connection, the relationship, the tying, the binding. He reached down from on high, and he took me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from his powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me on the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. And he brought me into a spacious, spacious place. Why? Why? Why indeed? Because he delighted in me. Did you get that? He doesn't work because you're a problem. He works because he loves you. He delights in And therefore, to understand that this relationship, that you're going to be carried and established, that that I talked last week, uh, that that they were leaving aside Christ, and they were going back to their old ways. But Jesus would say this word to them. He, He would say this word to the Galatians. He would say this word to us as Americans. Come to me. Come. But for those who were Judaizers, they were not willing to come. And that was the problem. For he says in John 5, 39, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life, but it is the scriptures that bear witness to me, and you are unwilling to come to me. And therefore, the invitation to bind, to take my yoke upon you and learn, shift, Move, change, grow, experience, to learn, because Jesus is very gentle. As a master, he knows exactly how to make you feel calm, to remove your fears, 
and give you peace. And so he says, come. You will find rest for your souls. <clears throat> for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But the problem, as you get into Galatians, the problem wasn't the fact that they had the law and they were running to the law. That was a problem, no doubt. But that wasn't the problem. That was just a symptom of another problem. And underneath that thinking, and underneath every thinking about conflict and argument is a failure to love. Every sin is an indication that there's something wrong on the inside and something missing. And that's where the connection Christ comes in to do that which is right and to bring that which is gone. And he restores us. But the problem isn't so much the law or getting tangled up in that or the problem of, of whatever crisis we're going through. The problem is we have a bondage. And the bondage that we have is the bondage of immaturity. The bondage of immaturity leads us to stay in a state of condition of disconnect and darkness. And if you are in the disconnect and darkness, then you walk with a hardness of heart and ignorance, that Paul would say. And that ignorance would lead us to an inability to rest and trust or relax in Christ because we're independent. Whereas the heavenly spirit would say, you're called to abide and depend and trust, but you don't know how to trust, you don't know how to abide, you don't know how to depend. And therefore, you're most open to the influences around you. So Paul would say, no, no, if you understand the book of Galatians well, and as you read and keep reading through that, what Paul wanted to say is that I want to replace, shift you out of this ignorance to give you the wisdom that when I bring Christ together, you're going to have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. When you understand what Christ gives you as the heir of the throne, you're going to learn to say, I don't want to be independent. I don't want to leave him. I want to be yoked with him in such a way that I rely and I trust him. But more than that, more than just wisdom and more than trust, is to have your heart set aflame with a love and an affection. With one who has a flame and an affection for you that's unquenchable. The fact that you would have a love for Christ and that love would be evident. People would say, wow, they're not just a Christian. Wow, they're a loving Christian. Well, they really know grace. They really know freedom. They really know peace. There, there's something about that person that's grown in the relationship with Christ to know him well. And so as Paul would talk about this, he'd say, these are the three things that keep us in bondage. It's it's this expectation that the law, that you somehow think that your relationship with Christ is based on the law, that your acceptance with Christ is based on what you do, that your, your ability to run to the Father is going to be conditioned by how well you perform, or even your commitment, and that's a bondage. That law, Paul would say, no, no. It's not the law that's going to get you there. You don't have a relationship on any level with anyone based on the law if it's an affectionate love relationship. The second thing, <clears throat> as he'll get into next week, 
He's going to talk about a very deep concept, the fact that you are of the flesh or you are of the spirit, and that coming to Christ, coming to Christ, you leave the fleshly world. You leave the natural order. You leave the sense of what it means to be alone, figuring out the world, and you run to a new creation that says, I know who's got the world figured out. I don't have to figure it out. He does. He's my rock. But the third thing he talks about is Paul was crucified to the world and the world around him that identifies him. Uh, Paul says, I died to the law. I died to the Jewish culture. I died. My life is in Christ, and you can't have new life in Christ. Those are the seven words. What Paul is talking about for all of us, for you and for me, for Galatians and all Christians, is that the freedom that you have to fly because the wind of the Spirit blows upon you with such freshness that you learn this, that you learn to grow in freedom, the freedom of what it means to walk with Christ in such a way that you rest. You rest. <sighs> you rest because you are now bound by the faith in Christ. And that resting would lead you to understand the work that he did for you and for me. That that freedom really is there, not only to give you the freedom to rest, but it's a freedom to release. Release myself and others from the fear of judgment, from any kind of internal strife, because you know what? Forgiveness is. Rest, release. The third thing is, and this is what Paul does all the way through the book of Galatians, he reassures that that which you have done will never damage or destroy the relationship. What a sentence. No one could look at you and point a finger that you did me wrong. That's not taken care of but that you can say, I have forgiven you, I've reconciled, I can be restored, and I look at you with the same eyes that Christ looks at me, that I can forgive and I can reassure that the relationship that I have with you is not going to be defined by your relationship to me, it's going to be defined by my relationship to you. That you don't define my response, Christ does in my response to you. Now that's that's a big, tall order because it's about growing and shifting out of the way we normally relate to people. And then the last is to reorient my life to a heavenly perspective, not a horizontal perspective, that my marching orders, my, de my definition, my, my values, my meaning, all comes from the one who calls my name. Therefore, I am freed from what you think of me. I'm, not, effect, I'm not, not affected by what you think of me, but I'm freed from that to say that what really matters to me is Christ and what Christ thinks of me. And if that's there, then we move to what Sinclair Lewis says, this is our freedom in Christ. And our freedom in Christ means just as I am, I come as I am, and therefore 
I move from my old life and move into the freedom of Christ because of who he is and what he did in my response to him. Well, let me stop here by saying this. I don't know if you have that relationship moving. You may have a relationship by faith because you've accepted Christ sometime in your life, but I don't know if you're moving. I don't know if you're really having much experience with Christ. I don't know if you're enjoying the freedom of Christ or the, or the peace of Christ. But if you're not, you're stuck like the Galatians, that you're in immature states where Christ wants you bind to, to tie you together with the Holy Spirit. And relating to Christ, there's something that takes place on the inside that your heart is set free. You may know that. You may not know that. It's hard for me to know that until you share. So whatever, wherever you are, it doesn't make a difference. Grace is yours in Christ. But the maturity where you are at different levels depends upon your response and understanding the work of God. God isn't sleeping. God's still at work. He who began a good work will perfect until the day of Christ Jesus. If you're struggling, if you want to learn more, that's why we're here, to help you grow and teach and join the Bible studies, join the fellowship. But my prayer for you is that God would set your heart free, that whatever issues are, they, don't, they can be laid aside and move into that freedom. So... Well, with that, let me close with a word of prayer. Father, thanks for this day. Thank you that you call us your children and that you are again in the birth of child, uh, pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in us. Lord, pray, I pray that you would really continue to set us free from all those things that misdefine us, misdirect us we miss Christ. And may we focus in on the one who calls us by name because he works inside of us and he delights in us. Father, would you continue to build your church, we pray, for your glory and our growth. Amen.